Hi folks, Jason Crane here reminding you about the 100 by 300 campaign. The idea is to get 100 members by the 300th show. Membership is easy. You can do it in one lump sum each year or month to month for as little as 10 bucks a month or $110 a year. If you choose one of the higher levels, particularly the $500 a year or $50 a month level, you'll be mentioned on every single show. You'll be an official sponsor of the Jazz Session. The 100 by 300 campaign, visit thejazzsession.com slash join to become a member today. Once again, that's thejazzsession.com slash join. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free at thejazzsession.com, and there's a, a reasonable chance that that will continue to be true if and only if you become a member. It's possible to do it for as little as 10 bucks a month or $110 a year. There's also a one-time donation button if you can't become a member but you want to donate uh, or you'd like to donate a large amount of money, much larger than the membership levels. However, uh, in terms of actually making my goal of 100 members by the 300th show, it really is uh, you know, re- repeated members uh, who I'm counting toward that goal. So I absolutely appreciate the donations, and they've come in from uh, musicians and non-musicians and, and people all over the world, which is great. And I, I definitely thank you. Uh, and on top of that, I need to reach 100 members by the 300th show, and that's about 40 shows or so from now. So uh, head to your computer, go to thejazzsession.com, and become a member. Thank you. My friends in the Respect Sextet recorded the theme for this show, and they are in the process of making a new record, as a matter of fact. Uh, I was just the other evening at a recording session that they did at the Greenwich Music School on Barrow Street in New York, and uh, I saw the first set of two, and they're going to have a live album coming out pretty soon. So that's very, very exciting. Uh, Their music is just always fantastic, really smart, really fun, really funny. Lots of twists and turns you don't see coming, which I think is the thing I like the most. So check them out at respectsextet.com. And while you're online, head over to twitter.com slash Dave Vrabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. Dave designed the show's logo, and he's a very funny guy who uh, tweets quite humorously. And, and every time I say that, I think it makes him sound terrible. But he really is very funny. He's funnier than someone you should describe as tweeting quite humorously. So go do that. So there's a place down on the Lower East Side called Kate's Joint, which has uh, some nice uh, vegetarian and vegan food, vegan food that feels like you're having it uh, in a truck stop diner, which is uh, cool, I think is great. And I went there to Kate's Joint, and after stuffing myself full of things that were pretending to be other things, I had a chance to sit down with Matthew Shipp and Darius Jones. Now, both of them have been on this show before, individually talking about their own records, but they've now collaborated on the Omfidelity label for a new album called Cosmic Leader, and uh, it was a real joy to sit down with the two of them, and I think you'll hear why 
in this interview. Before we get to the conversation, let's hear the opening track from Cosmic Leader. This is called Bleed. My guests are Matthew Shipp and Darius Jones. They have a new duo record called Cosmic Leader on Om Fidelity, and uh, it's great to welcome you both back to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. great to be here. <laughs> We're doing the uh, the one mic technique here in uh, in Kate's joint on the Lower East Side. So uh, can I ask you first, uh, and maybe, uh, Matt, we can start with you, just uh, talk about how you guys got together, how this record came to exist. Well, I live in New York, and <laughs> Darius lives in New York. And um, <laughs> there's a thing called the Vision Festival. Sure. And I happened to be in the audience one night at um, about three or four years ago, I guess. And I had heard about Darius. And, you know, people have been talking about him, that there was a new alto player in town. But I had never heard him. And I heard him this night. I don't remember the band he was playing with right now. But I was sitting with Hamid Drake, and we kept looking at each other like, God, who is this cat? And, you know, I mean, I knew who it was, but... Um, and I went backstage after the gig and talked to him and we had, I was surprised that he knew my work and, you know, we had a nice talk and we just decided that, you know, someday we should play together and it took quite a few years for it to come together. Um, mainly cause we both are very busy and have our separate lives, but, um, but it, you know, just keeping the idea out in front that we wanted to eventually do something and eventually happened. Why would you, uh, if you don't mind my asking, be be surprised at this stage of the game that someone who plays adventurous, improvised music would be familiar with your playing? Well, I, I guess that's false modesty. Okay, good. That's what uh. I was getting at. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just to, I just wanted to uncover that. Thank you very much. <laughs> ah, there we go. Good. Thank you. I really think this interview's over now. I got the, I got the quote I wanted. <laughs> 
Wow, three minutes. That's a new record. I don't think I've ever gotten to it that fast before. So maybe, Darius, let me ask you, um, uh, did you have a... Did you have a vision for what this album? Well, that's a terrible pun. For what working with with Matthew might might be like, where it might fit into what you were doing, the the voice you were creating for yourself. I mean, a vision. I, it's it's funny because I uh, thinking about that moment when Matthew came backstage. He was very excited, and it was kind of like a surreal moment for me because Matthew was. It was like he he asked me because he's like you don't have any ornette in your playing at all. Like he was like, it's like, you don't like, it's like just, he was like really ecstatic and and with like just sheer, just like excitement. And, 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 you know, Matt was like one of my heroes and he was like, who do you listen to? And asked me all these questions. And I, I think I said to you, I was like, you. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I mean, because he was like actually one of my, I mean, like one of my heroes. Like he was one of those guys that before I came to New York City, I was like listening to his music and studying it. And I mean, and then after coming to New York and seeing him play live and, um, you know, I was still kind of captivated like by him and, and, and just like what he did. And I, you know, and so when he was like, you know, when someone asked us, because we were just hanging out, someone asked us, like, hey, you guys should play together. And Matthew said, we're going to, you know, as a duo. I was like, I had no idea what to do because he's done he's done quite a few duos. I mean, he that's the one thing about Matthew Schiff, I have to say, is like he's not fell into this sort of like jazz pigeonhole of ensembles. Like he's, you know, he's done not just one duo record, but like a a lot of dual records and records without drums like you know records with just like bass and or you know and one horn and himself or and with a bunch of very serious yeah people. And, <laughs> yeah and amazing improvisers and so i you know i i just wanted really what i wanted to do was um create our universe like what what it would sound like if me and matthew ship were playing together you know what yeah. what that would be that's all that I was going into it with. I, I, I didn't think about it in any other context but that. And I wanted it, and I did want it to be beautiful because I felt that, like, you know, there's this, like, thinking that, you know, avant-garde musicians can't be beautiful. And when the first record I ever heard of Matthews was um, New Orbits, yeah. And that's the most beautiful record. I mean, that's one of the most beautiful jazz records, period. I think it's gorgeous. I think that whole, like, from beginning to end, it's gorgeous. And so I was like, man, I I play really gorgeous, too. So, I'm, you know. It's perfect. Yeah. So me and Matthew together. It's great. Am I making that Please. As Darius was saying, I was talking about, wow, you have no Ornette Coleman in your plane. What I, what I actually was meant to say that night was that, what I heard in his phrasing was something that was alive. And he was playing like these kind of very snake-like lines. And I was kept asking him where he got that concept from. Because I, I, I heard a little, a very little Jimmy Lyons. That, and um, I heard some Cannonball, a little Charlie Parker, and just something else that's the X factor that I, I couldn't put my hands on. But it was, I was sh- shocked, actually, that there was a, 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 a liveness to his phrasing and playing that was very organic. And you just don't hear that often. That's what 
kind of took me by surprise because people either and I, I love Ornette and I love Anthony Braxton, but but I, I tend, when people play in this idiom on his instrument, they tend to either be over intellectual and maybe come out of a Braxton model, and or they tend to play like Ornette. <laughs> I mean, <Right>. okay, <laughs> so and there's not many other things between. But I, I what I heard with Darius that night was somebody who has a jazz soul per se and, and, and not not that he's trying to be Johnny Hodges or anything like that but just that there's when I say that there's an organic quality to it that's mysterious and at the same time he's an extremely thoughtful musician and and then there's a balance between those two and when you have the organic quality there um, which a lot of people that m- might come out of the Braxton thing might not have and now that's not meant as a slight to Braxton at all I mean I, you know he has his thing that he's developed and it's extremely strong but like I felt the organic thing coming out of Darius when you have that there's an infinite amount of space for growth because then it's like a plant in soil and it, you know the tree can just grow to beautiful proportions and if you're lacking that then you know you might be able to develop something but but it flatlines at a certain point. So I was just shocked that I heard somebody whose phrasing seemed that I, I, you could hear the potential for it to go to infinity uh, in many different ways. And, and if you actually listen to his playing on this album, you, you can feel that there's many aspects of the language that he can kind of dip into and do in his way, and he's not copying, like, what this person and this person, but it's, like, just very organic. So that's... The qual- I was shocked because you very seldom hear that these days. I mean, that's an old jazz type of thing that's kind of dying. hearing that make it easier for you to envision how your music would fit in or Darius would fit into what what you are doing musically did it make it easier for you to imagine working together because you could hear this potential for growth and this right well I, I think it made it um I heard um that as he said I mean he said something very specific about 
when when we played together, he was concerned about our universe. So whenever you confront a musician in a situation between the two of you, there's going to grow something. And um, I I don't I didn't have any preconceptions about like if I play with him what it was. I mean I knew it wouldn't sound like Rob Brown who right. I, alto is who I play with. You know I know it's not going to sound like Roscoe Mitchell who's another altoist I. I play with, but I knew it's going to sound like something. And I, but to me, there's an X factor, because Darius is slightly un, he's unpredictable also. So there is an X factor there because he there is a degree of unpredictability in him. Um, he has many projects, he has many things he's interested in, and he has a lot of ability. So therefore, um, and he thinks, you know, so th- there's, you know, he's going to throw something even you know, at me that, that I, I, so I didn't have any preconceptions, but I just knew that whatever it was going to be, it was going to be something with integrity. Darius, can you talk about the, the preparations leading up to this session and the session itself, what it was like, uh, the recording experience? <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, well, it's funny because I, I, once we set the date, I, you know, I, I basically started working out because uh, I just I, I wanted to my mind to be really sharp for the session. I mean, I, I, I didn't want to, like, have a moment where I was, like, kind of, like, at all, like, trapped in my body or anything like that. You mean that. working out, working out. Like, like yeah, yeah, like, like going out. to right. the gym. Not yeah. like practicing. No, like, no, <laughs> like going to the gym. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And I also started shedding, like, um, pretty vigorously. Uh, but then I stopped. I stopped. I, I came to a certain moment, and I—I I mean, like when I'm saying I'm shedding a lot, I'm—I'm I'm talking like a lot. Like it's not like, you know, I'm shedding a little bit. <laughs> it's like it's like, <laughs> like I was shedding a lot, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna stop shedding, and then I'm gonna l- allow myself to just like ease into the session, like and, you know, because I because I know that um, Matthew's into boxing. And the thing about boxing is, like, you, which it's, it's like before you're about to fight, you're preparing for that fight, you know. And not that we were going to fight or anything, but, we, <laughs> you know, I, I was like, I, you know, that's kind of, I know he thinks about in that in his process. And so I wanted to kind of simulate that a little bit, you know, like, okay, I'm going into this thing, like going into this new experience and very focused. And Matt noticed that when we were in the studio. He was like, holy shit, like it's like super focused. Like like from, the, I mean, the very first piece, Bleed, the, we, we we both sat back and we were just like, oh, like, oh my God. That was like the first thing we, we played that day. I mean, and, and I think we were just testing, actually. And it was easy. I mean, playing with Matthew felt the only thing that I I can honestly say that I felt was that I I wanted more. I just wanted to do it more. I felt like we just we just began. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It just that's how I kept feeling. Because we were at, at at a certain point, we were just having fun. Like it wasn't it wasn't like oh god, this is so hard. You know, you know, it was like ugh. It wasn't like that. It was like we were just like okay, we're gonna keep doing this and i mean and and yeah we were like you know they're going to be short pieces which i think is great because it it kind of helps you to kind of get inside of the language
Matthew's language is 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 really is really dense, and so it's but but it's so. I find it. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't think it's like you know the lay person is going to sit up and listen to Matthew's ship. But if you keep listening, you're going to listen to Matthew's ship, even if you don't know anything about ma- music. Will you talk about what you mean when you say language in that context? I mean, I, I've asked Matthew about this. Like, <laughs> at one point, he I, I asked him about. I think he I asked him about. I was like, man, you put these like fourths and fifths. Like it's like almost this Gorgarian chant kind of thing. This sort of like medieval kind of sound and but he also it's like but then Matthew can his language is everywhere it's like I, I uh, there's a the, the Mary McPartland piano jazz show I remember checking him out on that and I and I emailed him afterwards and I was like Matthew like holy crap he sounded like a ninja it's like <laughs> his I mean he it was just like it, I mean, it was like literally like a master. I mean, like I I do consider Matthew should a master musician. Like like, and and that's something that we don't in our lifetime we don't get as young like people my age we don't get to like really be with them as much as it as, as it used to be. I mean, like even Matt. I mean, it's like just being with someone that's a master. Like like. They have mastered their language. They're, I mean, it's just like, boom, and then they can take it like over here and over there, and that's what Matthew can do. He can, he can all of a sudden just sound like Stravinsky, like or or Schoenberg, or or like Danny. He can all of a sudden sound like Bud Powell or like Monk or Paul Blay, and then I mean, and then get over and then, and, but it's like at the same time. He never sounds like anybody. He sounds totally like Matthew Shipp. That's what's so hard about um, what was like the most terrifying thing about it. It's like it's such an identifiable sound. Like when you hear Matthew Shipp, there is no – you can't compare that to anyone else. And that's, that's really what was the most terrifying thing about it. Like to kind of like for me to play with one of my heroes because I take it very seriously – and 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 kind of crap over his his language. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to like become a part of it, you know, become a part of that language, you know, you know, give something of myself to it, you know, and 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 have it become something else, which I think we did achieve that. And 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 I feel it's just beginning. I mean, you know, cosmic, you know, cosmic leader to me is like just like this like little drop in the bucket. I mean, you know, we have some shows coming up. I hope people come and check them out because I feel like the language that we're creating and the universe that we're creating is 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 infinite. It's like it's not it's it's bigger than what you know one could say in in words. You know, I mean, and that's kind of why it's like cosmic. And 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 Matthew is bigger than that. He's he, he. I don't even think he's done. That's what's scary about it. It's like like even when we were playing. He was just like assimilating ideas that I was having, and he was like just getting deeper into the ideas. It was kind of scary, actually. It was like he was just like, oh, and and just eating it up. I mean, it's like taking that language and flipping it and moving it around. And and I was I was actually getting like, you know, um, kind of a, a my doctoral degree playing with him a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I, 
No, this, this is a duel. So when two people get together, it's a meeting of minds. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I very much appreciate all the kind, kind words, but I was actually. Matthew Ship is one of the greatest, man. It's, it's, not, it's not kind words. No, no, but I, I was actually. I'm going to edit all that out anyways. I, I, was, I was actually a little nervous going into this, too. What? Oh, man, come on, don't say it. Well, no, 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 because the situation. Okay, you mentioned boxing. Boxing match is about styles. So if A and B fight each other, and A and B have both fought C, A beat C. B lost to C, B could still beat A because their styles might match up. Sure. In a way. And, and Darius brings a lot to the table, so it doesn't matter what I can do. You know, I mean, we're there to make this work. Yeah. And it's just the meeting of two musicians, period, when the music starts. So, you know, the, you know, the fact that I do have a certain language, I mean, that's, that's meaningless when we play. It's about making it work. And we both have a 50% responsibility to make that happen, and we both took our responsibilities serious. I, 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 have to, I have to say that, yeah. I mean, and 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 I noticed that when whenever Matthew improvises with anybody, I hear that. Like he 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 doesn't do this sort of like, I am Matthew Ship. I'm not going to listen to you. You know, he 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 doesn't do that at all. He's like, he's just music. We just created music, and we created our world. I mean, that's. That's that's it. It's kind of it's, you know, as far as preparing and stuff like that. It was. I mean, I pretty much just thought about boxing and like going into it, and just like creating, you know, something really beautiful. ask you uh so we've both just heard everything that uh, darius said about you do you yourself feel like you have when you examine your own playing and and knowing that we've already gotten past the false modesty piece when uh when you yourself examine your own playing do you feel like yes i have a i have a language i've achieved some place where there is something that is matthew ship musically speaking oh oh, beyond a doubt i mean i'm not you know i'm not going to be modest about that i feel (laughs) that i have completely my own you know language 
a complete universe of cosmos. So I, I have absolutely no problem saying that. And at the same time, do you find something in you that, that drives you to continue? I mean, I know, I know the answer to this question is yes. I guess what is it that drives you to continue moving forward and that helps you prevent to stop yourself from just saying, well, here I am? Um, well, I guess what drives me is I don't want to – I mean, I, I hate to bring this up again, but I, I don't want to be like somebody like Herbie Hancock who, you know, does something in one period of his life and then – keeps going on making money just kind of going through the motions you know so i want to keep actually um doing something that has validity (laughs) and 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 has real power behind it not just like you know getting a name and um then just making money off your name by endlessly repeating yourself but how do you know if what what you're doing has validity how do you how do you judge yourself everything has validity i mean i i I, I, I mean, in the way that you mean it. Right, okay. Uh, well, I don't. <laughs> no, that's, you know, so all I know is that I'm giving it my full 100% psychic energy in and trying to be honest with myself. Now, I, you know, I could have all kinds of mental things going on that I'm not aware of. And, you know, there, there could be layers of all kinds of messed up things around what I'm doing, but all I, all I know is my own intentionality. That's, that's all I know. Sure. Darius mentioned that when you were playing together, he would hear you assimilating some of his ideas and kind of, and, and restating them through your own language. Uh, is that, uh, I'm always curious, is that the kind of thing, like, can you, can you in some way intellectually understand that that's happening while it's happening? Or is that, is it happening too fast or on some other level that? I don't know how to answer that because you know, it's, it's really interesting when you get caught up in the in the in the plane. You get caught right. up in the moment, but there always is a witness. And there's a part of you that's a witness to everything, an, an unmovable center somewhere. I mean, I don't mean to start sounding like a Hindu, but um, you know, Brahman at, or Atman. Brahman, you know, I mean, there's always an unmovable witness. So even if, if things are just happening, there is a part of you that's kind of seen it. But I don't know if it's self conscious or if it's just I, I. I don't know. I mean, I. Like if, if, if something happens, I'm like, oh, wow, this just, you know, I, or, but, I, but I still don't know how to exactly divide all that. When are you, oh, wow? You're, oh, wow, while it's happening? That, oh, wow, can yeah, happen yeah, while it's actually you're, you're going on? on? You know something's happening and you're like, you know. I, I mean, I guess I could throw that <laughs> back at you by asking like, um, you know, I mean, like if you're in the, in the middle of a sexual act, and you're about to have an intense orgasm. I mean, like, when, when's the part, part of you that says, like, oh, well, this is, it. I mean, right. yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you're, something, you know, but. Actually, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> the ladies do it, actually. <laughs> They're like, oh, wow. And I'm like. <laughs> and I played with Matt Schiff. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I don't exactly know how to answer that right. question. Well, okay, that's there's a whole other avenue we could now explore. But. Actually, I want to address something that uh, Matthew was saying about, you know, in verses to talk about this thing about being um, like what he was saying about being Herbie Hancock and a person just like having this one sound and just like going through their career. I I, I think the important thing to uh, really grasp here is that Matthew Ship is an artist. Yeah. There's a difference between an artist and a musician. 
And, and, and everybody knows that. Everybody understands that, even if they don't want to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. Tell me what the difference is. And, I mean, well, <laughs> uh, most of the time, unfortunately, this is unfortunately the case. Artists are, are yeah, they're just, they're not getting paid as much. Because they're willing to take the risks that most musicians aren't willing to take. They're just not willing to, to go in places that an artist will go. Um, they won't, they're not willing to say the things, and they're not willing to go through the process that an artist is willing to go through. When a musician is just a musician, they want to find, codify something, and hopefully it works. And once that works, then they try to... to Manipulate it in certain ways, but really it's just that one thing that they're putting out there. I mean, we see this all the time in pop music, but unfortunately it, it exists in jazz music as well. Um, and, and a lot of people kind of are like, oh, why aren't there like, you know, why aren't we seeing, you know, the level of innovation and all this stuff that we, we once saw before in the music? Well, the music was smaller then, and, and now the music's bigger. But we are that that innovation still exists. I mean, Matthew Shipp has his own universe, own language. I mean, even the way he's conducted his career by itself is like, I mean, that's that that alone is innovative. You know, I mean, you can't you have to look at him, look at the whole total package, and see that this person is an artist. And when he and when he's dead. You know, hope they'll probably they'll probably be like, oh yeah, he was a genius. You know, he was like, oh that guy. You know, yeah. man, wow, I should have I should have really I should have checked him out more. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, and and maybe that's just the human condition. Maybe we're not ready to like digest all that information. Do you think is that that artist musician split that you're defining now? Is that is it as simple as something we can reduce to to a pragmatic decision at some point in someone's life? They say, I would rather be sure I'm going to sleep indoors and have food or is it that the artist is driven by something the musician isn't driven by or is it some combination of those factors um I, I definitely would I mean the artist is driven by something that is definitely uh inside and 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 what I would say otherworldly it's it's I think most musicians are living on planet earth and they want to survive you know what I'm saying I mean and and nothing against that man like, I, I want to survive, too. I, I want money. Like, you know what I'm saying? Amen. You know, I don't want to be poor. You know, I, I, I want all that, too. Um, and I feel that it's possible. You know, I don't feel like it's like this. But it's, but as we have seen, historically speaking, it is very difficult to make that a reality. And so, you know, I think a musician is thinking about, okay, yes, I need to feed my family. I need to do this. I need to do these things over here so that I can live a, a certain kind of lifestyle. I, and I think it gets into that kind of thing. I want to live a certain lifestyle. And, you know, like if we look outside of the musician world and look at just people in general and look at society that's what you see like a person who gets out of college or doesn't go to college but works a nine-to-five job which you know come on I mean that's like the most horrendous existence we weren't meant to do that as human beings that that's not even like natural but they're willing to do that 
willing to get into marriages that are like comforting but not really full of passion you know they're willing to burp out children and, and just because they need company you know they're not really willing to live and i think an artist is always looking to live to live to the fullest they want to burn out i mean i think about tra- <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they die i mean well matthew let me ask you it, it's it's one thing to maintain your integrity as an artist to to not go commercial if people are trying to buy what you're selling and you say no. Right. It's another thing to maintain that non-commerciality if, in fact, no one would buy it if you tried to sell out. Right. So, I mean, do you feel like – and I, I would agree with Darius' assessment that you have lived an artistic life and a life as an artist. Uh, and, I mean, just watching your career over the last 25 years or however long I've known you existed. Um, but do you or have there been points in your life where you had that choice to make, where you um, it was easy to take some path and it would have led to whatever the jazz version of riches are? Right. Well, first now? of all, I have no problems with people being commercial or anything. I mean, sure. you know, there's a whatever you do, there's an art to that, and you know, you could take it somewhere. Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I I would say no. No, I've been pretty focused in my particular persona since I moved to New York. When I was a teenager, I had a chance to join a couple you know I mean yeah I, I was actually asked to join this one disco band that was pretty famous and I turned it down because I wanted to um, ruin my life the way I had <laughs> but, but anyway no. um, yeah there's no there's nothing cool about poverty <laughs> let's just get that straight you know there's just nothing cool about it um you know, you're at the mercy of every force. You know, I mean, you can't afford health care for your family, whatever. You know, there's just nothing cool about that. And um, I, I, to me, the challenge is to find a way to do what you do and at least get paid for it, you know, on some level that you can. Um, I, I don't expect to be extremely wealthy. I mean, I don't actually want to be extremely wealthy. I, I want to get paid very well for doing what I do. But, um, if you know if i if i'm not i'm going to continue doing what i do and it's just for me there's no really choice because i i i feel that i'm meant to generate the language i do on the piano and i'm you know that's what i do that's who i am and i just there really is no choice for me i feel like a, like in the catholic church they talk about a priest has a vocation and that's just like you know if you get a calling from god and you supposedly have no choice um with you know taking the religious language away from it that's how I feel about what I do. That is who I am and what I'm meant to do on this planet. So, if I would not do it, I would. Um, in the words of William Parker, he he talks about a musician. Um, that any musician who's centered in what they're doing, even if nobody's listening to him, when they do it, they're balancing the earth on some level, or they're involved with the cosmic balance. And if they would go away from that, that the actual balance of the cosmos would be affected in a bad way, even if nobody's listening to them. But that's William Parker talks. He was talk, I was did a lecture with him once, and he said that, and um, I'll never forget that. Thank you. 
that sounds like a, a very beautiful effect to believe that your, your presence in the world has. I mean, that's right, right. that's pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> a wind's full of a lot of um, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Darius, you mentioned uh, having, and actually, either you can answer this. Uh, some uh, upcoming performances, some chances for people to come see this music. Can you uh, mention when those are? I know there's some here in New York. Uh, well. Um, our CD release is going to be at the Jazz Standard um, on April 27th. Um, there's going to be two sets. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, cats should definitely come out and check that out because it's not like, you know, we're going to do tons and tons of gigs. Right. I mean, you know, I'm hoping that Matthew wants to do some more, you know, I mean, and that our schedules are, I mean, I'm getting kind of busy, uh, <laughs> but that our schedules are able to, uh, come together you know so that cats can kind of like experience it and witness this go down because i i think that's i mean you know i don't think you want to be one of those those dudes especially if you're a musician or a music lover or or interested in art or anything if you know to miss something like this i mean this is generational you know you know we're generationally different and, and but we're coming together and and it's so rare it's not happening. It's not. And it, and it crushes me, actually. Well, and you, it's interesting. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I just want to follow up on that thing about the intergenerational playing. Because um, the last time I interviewed you was about your amazing debut record, which still... Cooper Moore sounds great. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, it, people probably couldn't hear Matthew say Cooper Moore sounds great on that. Yeah, he sounds deadly on that record. But you played with two guys with like a century plus of experience if yeah. you add them up mm-hmm. and now you know you've gone out of your way now to make this record with matthew another person you know we had him and now we got 150 years or whatever of experience mm-hmm. and uh you seem to be someone who's intentionally seeking out experienced players to make forward-looking music with Is I, that I, I think i want to make forward-looking music period i don't care right. who i'm playing with but uh but i mean it would be easy for you not to put yourself in a situation where you have to face up to the fact that these guys have an established language. You could just play with your peers. Yeah, yeah I could. I could punk out like that. Yeah, I could, <laughs> you know, I could do that. <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, I I think it's myself in a in a similar way. When I was Darius's age, I I I sought out Roscoe Mitchell myself. I actually sent him a letter. Sent him my first album in the mail with a letter like. We should play together. You know, I'm a, you're a hero of mine. This is why I, what I think I could add to your concept, and I want to, like, learn from, from you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I didn't seek out David where I met. I casually met him, but I wanted to be in, you know, after I did meet him, I wanted to be in that situation also. Now, uh, there's, there's, at the same time, like, I was playing with Rob Brown and, and others. Um, so... I, I, there's a balance. I mean, I, it's as important or maybe in some ways more important to play with your peers because with your peers, there's, there's generally usually a conviviality, a, a togetherness that you might not have with people from another generation. And, and to take the model from a, from a rock band, I mean, you wouldn't have like Robert Plant playing with Chuck Berry. I mean, he plays with his peers and they make very powerful music together right? because they're thinking on the same page. Now, I think, you know, what Darius is doing, he, he's really establishing himself with his own groups, with his peers, 
and he's also doing these other projects. And I think, I mean, I just, it's just so interesting to me that I had a parallel thing. I played with my peers, and I also played with, like, David Ware and Roscoe Mitchell, who were, gener- you know, a, a generation. So they're, they're two, those are two ways of doing things. They, the best situation is where they all feed each other, and it's right. a continuum. It's not like you're playing with somebody older and looking up to them. I mean, no, when you're playing with somebody older, play with you know that's what i do with david that's what darius does with me and i mean we're making music together i don't want him to look, like look at me like oh you've done it. I, 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 no, let's just play yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah. I, have to, I have to say that i have to clear yeah really stress that i'm not at all like even on managed boy i wasn't like oh my god you know walk into the studio oh man bob moses you know it's like that wasn't cooper moore i mean i had actually played in cooper moore's band and i had actually known bob for years i mean that was like and like matthew said that like we were like i would see matthew at the vision festival or at any like around i mean so before we even made this so i was like i mean i I didn't go into it like, oh, like this or that. I mean, it was it was pretty much like he's a peer. You know, we were like, you know, but yes, he's he's older than me. And I feel like with this Matthew record, it's Matthew and I's record, I don't I kinda feel like this is like a equinox, you know, for me. I feel I feel like it's very equal. It's just like it's it's just like as if you look at parallel worlds. I think, you know, what Matthew was saying is similar. Like like what happened to him and what happened to me is similar. I mean, a lot of older musicians want to play with me. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't <laughs> and I'm grateful. You know, I'm I'm very thankful, but I I play with just as many young people um and I have a trio record coming out in the fall with my with my peers. Like, I mean, you know, and it's killer. I mean, <laughs> and I'm excited about that. Uh you know, and I'm excited to keep playing with Matthew. I'm, you know, I'm excited to keep playing with Bob. I, it, but I do, I do think it's important. I very much think that if you're going to get to your own language, you got to go. You have to play with some intergenerational cast. You hear the difference. You hear the difference. You don't become. It's, it's just like you need that. You need to understand what once was. I was talking to Henry Threadgill about this, and he said that's. You know the lack of uh, the lack of ability to actually play, and then the lack of you know older musicians, you know, kind of like helping younger musicians, that is gone, and it's it, it hurts the music, and you and you see the difference with musicians who are kind of like you know touching on older musicians in some way, you know, has some sort of relationship with them. You can see the difference in their playing and in their in them conceptually and everything. And I think you can also see the difference, and I think you guys just articulated this, but you can disagree. Uh, I think you can also see the difference with musicians who are worshipful right. of that previous right. generation or generations. Right. Oh, I yeah, I think that's... I, I mean, I, I find myself listening to more... I actually don't really listen to a lot of... You know, unless I play with them, I don't really listen to a lot of, like, oh, okay, you know, alto players from this that are even alive. I mean, I could, I could like, there's probably five that I could, like, say. I mean, I and mus- I'm not picking up a lot of records from cast unless it really strikes me, you know, now. I find myself going back because 
I was telling something about Dexter Gordon. When you hear Dexter Gordon, you hear Dexter Gordon. You don't hear like all this other shit, you know. Sorry, um, it's okay. that you it's know not the radio. <laughs> that they're you know it's like oh you know I hate that. I hate I hate it when I go to a show and I hear you know someone copying off you know some Greg Osby or or I hear a little bit of you know someone sounding a little bit like Chris Potter or then you know sounding something like. You know, Ornette, or it's, it's like it's it makes me sick. It's like I can't I can't actually handle it, you know. And I don't really. And then that makes me have a hard time engaging with you as a human being because you know you're just a doppelganger at that point. I mean, you're not even like what are you? <laughs> you know that you're a you know you know worshiping is great, but I don't think you know God said He made us in His you know we are in His image, but we're not Him. You know, so to try to become something like to to make yourself something that you're not is 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 kind of creepy and and I think dangerous. Mm. Um, and so I think a lot of people can learn from cats like older musicians who have their own language, yeah. you know, and and preach it. Like there, I mean, there's no way you can get away with it. They won't. Like Bob won't ever let me sound like you know anyone he's ever heard he would immediately get freaked out and and the same <laughs> and i think the same thing with matthew if i sounded like i don't think matthew would have been interested in the same thing with cooper moore right and and many other i mean yeah that i think when i mentioned like the first time i was just gonna I say heard yeah <laughs> it, what i mean the, the 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 x factor was more i mean you know of course i heard music mischief like i talked about i heard an organicness that I associate with jazz per se, but but the thing that made me go backstage and talk to him was that X factor, that's, right? And and that's everything, and that can't be faked. It can't be um, learned in school. You know, that cannot be learned. It just you know, it, it's it's has to be there, and um, the X factor is everything, actually. <laughs> and Dexter Gordon is a very good um person to bring up you know i mean oh actually lester young is too yeah uh, yeah i mean lester young to this day i don't know where that came from i mean I, it's just there's just absolutely no logical explanation for like like a phenomenon like a lester young what it is or where it came from i mean you know you could get somebody like winton you know talking about studying jazz and doing this but like all that garbage rhetoric cannot explain the phenomenon of a lester young he came and he left. It's that simple. You know, obviously he put some work in, but there's absolutely, positively no qualifying what the phenomena is, um, and which is the problem with a lot of jazz pedagogy and rhetoric, like they would have at the you know Lincoln Center, trying to explain what jazz is or how to go about learning it. Um, but anyway, the X factor is what's paramount. My guests are Darius Jones and Matthew Shipp. They've got a new record on Om Fidelity called Cosmic Leader. And uh, such a pleasure to talk to you both. I really had a great time doing it. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you both. Thank you, Jazz World. <laughs> out, there, out there. I hope you're listening. <laughs> Me too.
That's music from Matthew Shipp and Darius Jones and their new album on Om Fidelity Records called Cosmic Leader. Now, these guys are going to be at the Jazz Standard on April 27th, so uh, definitely go and check that out. Uh, I will be there, too, April 27th, 2011, in case you're listening to this in some far future time after the collapse of human civilization. But somehow the Jazz Session has managed to, uh, to eke out an existence out in the ether, and uh, if you are perhaps from you know the vanguard of an invading army from another planet, then I hope that our beautiful music will convince you to turn around and uh, go back from whence you came. So that's that. Uh, I'm Jason Crane. This is The Jazz Session. I need your membership. That ain't no joke. Uh, I really do. If you've been following my life at all, you know that uh, it has been both topsy and turvy at various times, and uh, my financial situation has changed dramatically, about as dramatically as it can possibly change since I started this show. So uh, your memberships really are important to keep the show going, and you can become a member at thejazzsession.com. This show is presented by All About Jazz, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. But I have to stress... Uh, emphatically, which is, I guess, implied in the word stress, that All About Jazz provides absolutely no financial support of any kind. So uh, it's it's up to you. What else? Nothing else. Go out there now and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and then come back here next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening. Bye.